Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Uh, just got back from Nashville. Just kidding. That's a lie. I'm actually recording this early, so I leave for Nashville tomorrow. But the Nashville shows have already finished, so oh my god, Nashville, you were amazing. Like, I can't eat the Southern hospitality. That hot chicken sandwich. Woo! Can't even, can't even believe it. Been shitting my pants since I left, but Thanks for that. Um, Nashville's great. This week, coming up, we have Tuesday and Wednesday, Irvine, California. I don't think there's tickets left for that. I'm sorry. Uh, Thursday in San Jose, definitely not tickets for that, but you can try. And then Friday and Saturday, I'm in Tempe, Arizona. Get your tickets at MrDTimes3.com. I don't want to miss you. I want to see you there. Enough of that. I have... Literally the king of ranting on the Social Studies podcast today. You've probably seen some of his videos on Facebook where he is an avid wine drinker and complainer. You might have even seen him live in a city near you. Give it up for comedian Matt Belsai. Hello. I can't even believe that we're acquainted. I was on your podcast, now you're on mine. It's unreal. I know. Uh, One day we'll be able to drink together in the same space, but for now we can we can get drunk over the internet. I'm so into. I actually, I think. When did your when did your videos like really start to pop online? So wine about it were the videos that I sort of started with, and that was when I worked at Buzzfeed. That was 2016. Okay, it feels like even longer ago, but yeah, 2016. Now, I don't know if you know, another word for teacher is alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so It so makes I rem- sense. I remember a specific staff that I worked with. We would pass your videos along all the time. Yeah, I feel like I can commiserate with, with teachers because we have the same sort of hatred and disdain for the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> So I get it. I get it. I I would I will crown myself an honorary teacher, even though I can probably count on one hand the number of children under 15 that I've spoken to in the last like 10 years. Do you like kids? I tolerate them. I just don't know. It's been so long since I interact with children that like I just don't know what to do around them. It's more just like it's not that I don't like them. It's just like I don't know how to behave. Do you know, and okay, this boggles my mind sometimes too. Okay. Okay. Don't you sometimes, as a gay person, it's kind of like, oh, you just get kids and there's no training. But like as gay people, if we want kids, we have to go through like a home evaluation. Like, are you (laughs) equipped to do this? Like, when was your last parking ticket? See, that is the thing is I I think... Children would come into my life best if it were just a horrific mistake that I was thrown into. That I think I would deal with that situation the best. Anticipating it, having to get ready for it, that is not the way that I do things. If I was not a teacher, I don't know that I would have been a good parent. My biggest fear, uh, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people feel this, but like, I'm just afraid I will kill it. I'm just a <laughs> big person. I I know, like, I have this fear when I'm around dogs, any animal, that like, if I step the wrong way, if I slip on something and fall over, I'll, cr- I'll crush them and they'll die. And like, when you kill a kid, it's much a bigger deal than like killing like, you know, a goldfish. Well, you know how the old adage goes, if you kill a kid, you get f***ed in prison. <laughs> Just for killing it? Yep. <laughs> for the sake of our listeners, yes. Uh, uh, for legal purposes, I'd like to clarify that I have no intentions, nor have I ever had intentions of harming a child. Yeah. This is, we're that, talking accidental, everybody. Accident. Exactly. Do- exactly. That is my biggest fear. What, cause so I, the youngest kids that I've ever worked with is five years old, which is still, you've only like, when you work with a classroom of five years old, Matt, you literally look at them and you are like, you've only been on earth. 
I have a bad habit of getting like high ideas when I'm not high. And <laughs> do you do that? Me too. Oh God. Okay. Here's one of them. I look down at the five-year-olds and I'm like, you've only been on earth for five years. Like this many cells mutated in only five years and made this. Like you don't even know what life is like. You weren't even around when Lion King came out. That's crazy. Yeah. I also have no sense of how old a child is. And now, I mean, there's like a trend on on TikTok and parts of the internet of like monster babies that are the size of like eight-year-olds, but apparently they're only like a year and a half old. And it's just further complicated my idea of how big a child is supposed to be. So it's like, not that knowing the kid's age would inform me in any way and how to (laughs) behave around it, but yeah, I just, it's baffling to me. It's a baffling species. You get this sixth sense as a teacher where you can just look at a child and know how old they are. Like my partner Morgan will be like, how old's that kid? I'm like seven. You just know, right? But sometimes they'll throw you for a loop. And last year, not in my class, but there was a kid in our kindergarten class who was a kindergartner. That's five turning six, Matt, who came up to my nipples. I'm six three. Same. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm also tall. And yeah. So that's a big five-year-old. That would terrify me if, yeah. if if a kid was that big as a five year old. Oh, this is why I don't teach fifth grade anymore because then they get so big that yeah. you look at them and you're like, you are literally like one burst of adrenaline from breaking my neck, like at any moment. Like they up there, oh, they're scary, and their attitudes. They when they roll their eyes at you, they look like a tiny adult. So you're like, oh fuck, uh uh-uh. uh, get <laughs> no, it's hard. Yeah, when they get old enough where they're expected to to bathe themselves, that is when I tap out. Because I'm like, no, <laughs> I know you're not going to do a good job at that. And then you're going to smell. And I'm going to be an unwilling victim in this situation. Do you have a queasy stomach? Like, do, do you get... Oh, yeah. You do? Okay, then I'm sorry. I don't think you could make it as a teacher. <laughs> like, you're still honorary, but I don't think you could do it. I'm talking, no. you're, lo- you're looking at bleeding gums every day from a, a tooth that fall out. There is so much shit, piss, and vomit. Sometimes there's liquid that you don't even know what it is. Ugh. No, I when I was a kid, I had like a, a famously weak stomach to the point where like I would refuse to blow my nose. And I know I sound like I have a, a, a congenitally clogged sinus at all times, not my fault. Working is, for you. This is how I was born, um, you know. But when I was a kid, I never wanted to blow my nose because I was so grossed out by by boogers. And my mom would have to like chase me around the house with that little baby <laughs> plunger that oh. they use. <laughs> when I was like fully like six or seven years old, I'd be like, no, no, no. I will go. I will go as long as I can with just a full blockage rather than risk something coming out, me seeing it, and then vomiting everywhere. Oh, I mean, I I, I, I feel like I was that person until I started teaching. Well, immune, I guess that's you. exposure therapy. You're just getting it up close and personal until you're dead inside. Now, you grew up in Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. Like Chicago area or no? Yeah, the suburbs of Chicago. So, and Like you what, know. like Schaumburg? I am from the southwest suburbs, so oh. like Oak Lawn, Orland Park, Tinley Park, if you know those areas. I do. I do. I lived in Chicago for a minute. It was a fun time. How was how was being in elementary school for you? I was like mega nerd, mega like overachieving, gifted child. Now, careful with that word gifted. Careful, careful. Because you know how many parents are coming to me, they're like, my child's gifted. I'm like, bitch, look at him. He is banging his head up against a glass window saying caterpillar over and over. Like, mm. Yeah, it can have a lot of different meanings. Sure. Um, touched. He's he, Oh, he's touched. <laughs> Although that, that also one. has double meanings. <laughs> I was not touched. Um, I was gifted. Uh, yeah, I was just a mega nerd, mega overachiever, even in, in, in elementary school. Although I was... Yeah, like third grade to me was the height of of elementary school that I think was right before puberty hit and things kind of went downhill for me Mm. (laughs) until full post-puberty, you know. But yeah, third grade was a blast. I was like class clown. My third grade teacher, so my last name is Belisai. (laughs) 
Bell. My third grade teacher gave everybody in the classroom nicknames and we had choices. And she told me my choice of nickname was Dingling or Ding Dong based on Bell. And at the time, I was like, oh, that's, those are two funny words. And now I think back on it. I'm like, you bitch. What did I was you in- choose? I chose Dingling. That's how I signed my papers. You didn't sign. I signed my assignments as Dingling for all of third grade. Uh-huh. We need to find her and take her teaching certificate. Oh, that's great. That's great because I like... I resin with that, like, on the deepest of levels. Like, I had nicknames for all of my kids. Like, the, some of the best ones were, um, I had one kid whose name was Cilantro because he ate so much salad. I had another kid. His name was actually Biggles because his last, last name was Bigly. And there was another one. Her nickname was Bitch. <laughs> okay, so these are behind-the-back nicknames. <laughs> well, the, the last one was, but the <laughs> other two are real. I, I was definitely a nickname giver outerer. Yeah. Big time. Um, you said you were a nerd. What did you nerd out for? I mean, I guess nerd. I, I was like a, a more of a geek, I guess. I don't really know the taxonomy of, of how of how my wedgie got pulled up. <laughs> but it was more just I was like good at math and science and that type of stuff. <laughs> I was like, OK, you yeah. were like making like crystals in your bedroom and stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, no, I was like really good at math. I, I and I I can brag about it now because I can't add sh- for shit. But I <laughs> like tested a, a grade above in math class, brag. Ooh. And then um, you know, this is obviously first line of all of my Tinder profiles. It's like, oh yes, this is what, what gets everybody hot and heavy. Um, <laughs> it's when you talk about how good you were at math fifteen years ago. But I I also. I was like, when I started high school, I tested straight into sophomore math. And mm-hmm. so I would sometimes tutor the other students, but I I cannot stand teaching other people anything. I don't have the patience for it. I don't. It is such a skill that you have to have in order to, to have patience and be able to impart knowledge to someone else. I like did not have the ability to explain shit. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. It's four <laughs> times four is 16. I don't know what to tell you. If you don't <laughs> fucking understand it, I can't help you. On behalf of all teachers, especially all teachers listening to this right now, please continue to quote more often that it is not for everybody. It's not. I could not do it. And that's why I don't. I appreciate that and I appreciate that about you. But math is a very special it's a very special place in the world because it's either um you're good at math or you're poor. It's like there's no in between. Like the kids who are good at math, I'm always like, God damn, this kid is gonna make like circles around me. It's but so good for you. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, now that I'm like the age that teachers are or a little bit older, perhaps, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, right. And, and and I look at like my friends and the people that I know who are are you know teacher age who don't know shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, we we weren't being taught by the wisest of individuals at all times who who actually knew math themselves. Oh, it, newsflash! If you haven't put it together yet, we don't actually know everything. <laughs> like 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 w- this is how I would teach math. I because first of all, I hate math like I'm so bad at math but when I was teaching fifth grade I, I would go home the night before having to teach and I would just type into YouTube what the hell is a common denominator not a clue not a clue and then I would look at whatever some professor online told me memorize his lines and deliver my script the next day in class and I have no idea what I'm doing when do you cross multiply in the world unless you're probably like a carpenter or play sure. one in the nativity play at church. Other than that, I don't know. Cross multiplying is one that I feel like you perhaps could use in the wild. Okay, where? I don't know. You know, one ticket to a, a, a comedy show costs this much money, but you could get a, a deal for 10 for this many. And, it, you know, you find out if it's actually a deal or not. I'm not going to write textbook questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. You I are. Have, 
50 watermelons and <laughs> I need to know how much money to save at the market. No, I I don't know. You, you tried. You tried. Right. I mean, well, honestly, it's been said before, but now we all have calculators. There's no need. You're so, you're just a naturally funny person. How did you wind up in comedy? Is this something you always wanted to do? Well, if you didn't get what I said before about going downhill after puberty, it was being mercilessly mocked and bullied. Oh, Um, no. no, Not actually. That is more, that makes it sound more depressing than it actually was. I don't think any of my family, like, could do comedy Mm -hmm. because they're not intentionally funny. But everybody is a character. Uh, and, and because I was always more like introverted and the one who sort of stayed quiet and just watched everybody, I took it all in. And then when I, when it was really like post-college that I started writing and performing and it it was sort of like flipping that switch to like, okay, I've gathered all of this shit over the last 20 years and now I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to send it out in the other direction. Yeah, I mean, all of my family were, like, shocked when they first came to see me perform because it was my, like, persona on stage is so different from who they know and who who they grew up with. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, I'm like, you think that's crazy? This is what I got from you. Right, right. <laughs> Forever. When stand-up really started taking off for me, I had to say at like family Christmases I'd walk in I'd be like nobody is safe like anything you do could end up in the show unless you specifically state otherwise yeah I get that oh although it, my mom will tell that to me after she says the least interesting thing possible <laughs> it's like now don't go putting that in your in your your skit and I'm like there's your no skit. nobody cares about that absolutely nobody you're <laughs> asking skit. for that now what uh were you doing comedy around the time that you were doing the BuzzFeed videos? Yeah, yeah. That's where I, I started. I I went to school for journalism. The The dream was to, like, move to New York, work at a magazine um, when magazines still existed. It was like, you know, that being being a writer was always the, the goal. And so I moved to New York to work for for BuzzFeed. I got an internship there and, uh, you know, started having way more fun writing like lighthearted comedy things. But it wasn't I worked there for a couple of years before I'd done anything on camera and uh, then started making video content. And that sort of blew up. And I hadn't really performed live until then. So I got lucky of of like I could start going out and performing live and had, you know, audiences that were excited to come out, which is always a little bit of a, a double edged sword for for comedians, because it's like, you know, you want to grow and learn. And sometimes it's helpful to have an audience that is hostile, that you have to you have to win over in order to know whether you're actually good at it or not. So I learned that in the long term. But those early days were great. Now, once you started, and if you don't want to go in this direction, tell me. But uh-huh. you, your videos on BuzzFeed like blew up. Was there a moment where you were like, wait, I can do this for just me? Like, why am I like why am I giving it to you? Yeah. I mean, I've talked about it b- before, so it's certainly okay. no no secret. Um, okay. But yeah, no, I mean, it's, they started blowing up. I started talking to people about, you know, performing live and, you know, writing a book and stuff that like, I'd always kind of wanted to do, but hadn't really thought about. And I went to them, I went to BuzzFeed and said like, hey, I've gotten some offers to do these other things. I would love to do them, but also I love it here and I want to stay and like keep doing this stuff. And they were just like, no, you have to choose. If you want to go do that stuff, go do it. We support you. But like, you can't do both. And yeah, at that time I was like, if you're going to make me choose, I'm going to go work for myself. Oh, absolutely. And isn't there no better feeling than when you can like just capitalize on being who you are? Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, yeah. In in the moment I was like... (laughs) Okay, if I make this $10 stretch for the next six months, I can eat cardboard every day (laughs) and perhaps 
I can pay for health insurance. Yeah. In the moment, I was like, this is the scariest time of my life. But it was exciting. But also in the moment, too, your brain must have there must have been times when you were watching those because those videos blew up like in the millions. And I can yeah. only imagine like if that was me, I would have been like doing the math, get, or shittily doing the math to figure out the ad revenue on that. That was the thing is I didn't get, you know, I was I got a right. salary, you know, right, I right. didn't I didn't get any money from any of those videos. So, um, yeah. At the time, I was like, I don't I don't even know how much a video would earn someone. And then, yeah, then you do the math later and you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> so I got fully taken advantage of. <laughs> also, also, that's what. So now you do know what it's like being a teacher. Yeah. See, <laughs> I mean, every career is of. just getting f***ed in the ass by every, someone else. Unless you're sending people to space. Moving on. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to cut to a quick um, commercial really quick. When we get back, Matt and I are going to get into the emails. These are the best emails that I've gotten from the fans thus far. But before that, let's just take a quick break. Before we do this, you went on a rant recently, which mm-hmm. I don't feel like you need to reproduce it, but I'm going to bait you into it a little <laughs> bit because it's just so perfect. Uh-huh. Um What's your take on going to little kids' birthday parties? <laughs> I'm trying to remember when I did this rant recently. It, it either it either came out recently or resurfaced recently, but you have some feelings. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, all of the children's birthday parties I have been to have been family birthday parties. And this is like the suburbs... I don't come from, you know, a very fancy family. I come from a styrofoam plate type of family. Um, <laughs> every party that we have ever thrown for a child in our family is the saddest thing I've ever been to. <laughs> it's just like, you know, a rickety folding table outside with the thinnest tablecloth that you could possibly imagine. One ply napkins flapping all over the lawn all of the kids are in the corner beating the shit out of one another with like planks of wood with nails in it. And all of the adults are just kind of standing around getting shit faced. So it's not all bad. <laughs> I also, yeah, I'm not a fan of like, uh, especially babies when they, you know, let children like destroy a birthday cake. Birthday cake is lost on children. <laughs> You do not understand cake when you're a child. It's just sugar that you're ingesting as quickly as possible. Do you know how much these birthday cakes cost, by the way? Because yeah. I know. I started baking in in during the pandemic uh, a, a oh. bunch. And, and when I started learning, like, what bakers make when they, like, sell their own cakes. Unreal. I was like, comedy. <laughs> I'm about to, I'm I'm coming for Martha Stewart. I wonder if the bakers are like mortified. Like I just made art and you're going to give it to a one-year-old to just shove their hand and face into. Yeah. I do love that now, now people, I mean, we didn't have this when I was a child, but now they make cake specifically to be destroyed. And that is like the baby's cake to, to destroy. And then there's like a cake to serve to everybody else. Like a medium. And a person riddled with ADHD. This is taking my brain to an exceptionally great level. Have you ever, and I know you have, have you seen gender reveal parties online? Oh, yeah. I I follow them religiously. Have you ever spent time sifting through the comments of gender reveal parties online? That I have not done. Oh, that is a gift to the internet. It is so good. Because people are very pro and con gender reveal parties. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you what, there is nothing better than a good keyboard warrior argument when both sides are so charged. Yeah, I mean, my favorite gender reveal parties are the ones with casualties. Um, So there's not always like a a pro side to those. (laughs) Those are the ones that always cross my my feeds the most often is like, you know. <laughs> I've never seen I have never seen one with casualties. I did the see think that I saw one 
it was they were they were trying to do like a pumpkin cannon, but mm-hmm. the pumpkin shot out so fast that you couldn't see any colors. <laughs> they thought that they weren't having a baby. <laughs> they thought that uh, they weren't having a baby. Okay, but what are you talking about? What casualties have you seen? So I do a segment on my podcast called Worst Things First, where we, you know, we talk about the the worst news of the week. And usually it's like ridiculous stories. But oftentimes there are gender reveal parties that go horrifically wrong. There was one where like they they rented like a plane to do like a smoke signal in the sky and the plane crashed. There was one where like they hired an alligator to like, oh, I don't no, know, bite into an... something and the alligator attacked someone. And it's like, how many times does that have to happen before you realize you don't need this? You don't we, need a party for this, or at least you don't. You don't need a a a full predator lizard writhing around in order to let your f-ing friends know what gender baby you're having. That shit blows my mind too. It's like, where do people come off thinking that having such a huge, dangerous animal as a pet is a good idea? Yet we invite these people to our birthday parties, our gender reveal parties, our schools for assemblies. Why is this man coming in in a safari hat holding a friggin' cobra? This should not happen. But that is like a rite of passage now because I definitely had that. There was like back on it. This man had like half of his face was missing because he got bit by a tarantula a couple hours ago. Like, but none of us questioned it. We're just like, this man's an animal expert. Let's trust him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this man is just like George who who runs a garage down the street. Absolutely not an expert at all. It's just a man with questionable permits. We love George, though. Well, <laughs> he made our childhoods a little more fun and a little more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. These emails were great. They, you know, I just said to the fans this week, straight up, I wanted to go into the spirit of Matt Balasai, and I said, just rant. Just give me, like, what's ever on your mind. What's going on? And we got some really good ones. This one I connect with because there is a very special breed of person that I could rant on forever. Um, it's Gen Z, mm-hmm. if you're familiar. I am familiar. Let's not forget the generation notorious for eating Tide Pods. Sure. Was that really them? I guess. I don't know. I still like blaming my fellow millennials for, for a lot of stuff. I feel like we have to take some some blame for that, too. Uh, you can. <laughs> Here we I go. won't. This... Not personally. I can't but wait I'm just to hear saying... what you think about this one. This one's really good. It's okay. And here's a little quick rant for me, too. Is it, and I I don't know which way I'm going to rant yet. Is it appropriate to have your subject line of an email be the first sentence and then just continue in the email? Because that happens in these emails a lot. And I'm reading them. I'm like, this isn't in my, can't do it. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> Is that how you're supposed to email? Do they at least have like a dot, dot, dot? No. To me, the subject line is like a title. Like, call it like, right. happy birthday. And then go on, dear Joe. Yeah. At the very, yeah, it doesn't even have to be a good title. It should just be like, you know, birthday rant or something. Right. That's you what know. I think. But a lot of a lot of the, the emailers are starting their sentences in the subject line and then continuing in the body, which no. no shade to any of you listening. I love you for sending in an email, but don't do that anymore. Yeah. No shade, but <laughs> no shade, this is but the I worst can't. thing I've ever read. And if you do it again, <laughs> I'll stop. This one starts like that, but it got really, really great. When you're the lead teacher of 24-year-old newbies, that was the title, the next mm-hmm. sentence, it it will hurt your soul. All of them look like visco girls. They're perky. They're unrealistic about nearly everything, and they only eat carrots and hummus and wash it down with a com- kombucha. All those horrific calories down before doing downward dog after work. I wish I was exaggerating, but this is exactly true. I've caught them doing downward dog after work. 
It's the Troy Shepherd's TikTok about annoying phrases and words that people use, like, can we just normalize, or I just want to and on, and then rant for 30 minutes so that nothing has been decided for the following week. None of them cared about special ed kids or DHH kids, deaf and hard of hearing. So none of their lessons had scaffolding or closed captions, which is fine because, you know, who cares about students, right? Clearly, this, this is a special ed teacher, I'm thinking. After weeks in, things got so heated that I asked our school social worker if she could mediate between me and the biggest visco diva on the team. She spent the entire 1.5 hours taking over the social worker's time, borderline yelling over her that she could get her piece in. If she was even merely interrupted, it was game over. I got maybe five minutes in out of the entire session. The principal had to step in and then... He opened it up for questions, and she had the audacity to ask if we were going to get paid extra for this early morning meeting and when he was going to apologize for taking precious time out of her day to help the team. She was also the only one who claimed that I never praised them as the team lead. Though I do celebrate them in different ways at the starting of each meeting, she demanded that I mail them all Starbucks <laughs> gift cards to build team spirit. Unfortunately, toxic visco trash is still tutoring. I mean teaching our students. I'm sure that lessons are nothing but fluffy, despite her highly academic background of, and this is in quotes, having been an honor student once upon an eon. Holy shit, this woman is pissed. She's Oh my God. They came in hot this week, Matt. They came in hot. I have to say, there was was so much happening in that email. (laughs) Oh, you I, could just tell, like, we gave her permission to be like, baby, this is your safe space. <laughs> I got to be honest. I flipped allegiance, though, like five different times in that email. Did you? Go on. I'm listening. I don't. <laughs> What's wrong with carrots and hummus? <laughs> <laughs> I, we, we have real fast too. they eat carrots and hummus and they don't give a shit about blind and deaf students. <laughs> and that is a <laughs> that is a whiplash. <laughs> I have two ideas right next to each other. I also personally, I do drink kombucha uh, at least two times a week. Love it. Love it. That was my my favorite line was about the calories that you must consume with carrots, hummus, and kombucha. (laughs) (laughs) She's just so pissed that she's literally looking at these girls across the table. She's like, that goddamn kombucha. I swear to God. No, Listen, I relate mind. wholeheartedly to that level of seething rage where you're like so over someone that the mere sight of them existing is like you devil. You, <laughs> you, are, you are a scourge on this school. Now, I will say this, though. I did. Um, there was a couple parts that she went on about that I did leave out because I thought it was too identifying. And I definitely don't want this person to get in trouble. But I will say that there were parts in here where the writer was alluding that some of these girls are a little bit um, unaligned with the moral compass of the rest of the school, which is when I was like, okay, baby, I see <laughs> see where this is coming out. But it, it, it it's especially true working with younger teachers either goes in one or two ways. Either like you can connect with that chaotic energy and be like, I was there once, like, let me help you out. Uh-huh. Or you're just like, not today. Sure, sure. I also think like, yeah, I want a Starbucks gift card. That sounds great. It does feel good to be recognized. Yeah. That being said, um, now yeah. it's gonna flip allegiance again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I know how to ride a fence. Um, yeah. I don't really trust anybody under the age of like 26. So, you know, if you can't rent a car, you yeah. can't be trusted. That is the scare. Like these people are in, in charge of of teaching youth and it's like no meanwhile my producer sitting on the other side of this wall he's like 22 Blake what are you like 22 are you even 22 he's 20 great sorry oh. Blake <laughs> we're, reading, we're reading him to shit he's just listening to us like 
Yeah, yeah I mean, not to completely project all of my own shit, but like, yeah, when I, when I, the only experience that I have interacting with like people who are younger is when I reach the lower limit of my dating app profile age ranges. Which is how so low, by the way. Usually, I think 26 is the lowest I have I, okay. it set. I connect with that. Yep. Usually it's like plus or minus five years of of my age. So that tracks. I'm 31. What's the youngest guy you've ever dated? Is 26. Oh, no. What's the youngest guy you've ever dated? Well, it depends because I mean. We be loose on dating. It depends on the current, the age that I am. So how much younger from when I was. Maybe just a few years. But even like that, I think, scarred me so much. I was like, those three years were too important. <laughs> tell you that shit'll fucking wake you up. Yeah. But it is always around the 25, 26 age. And and I appreciate that. You're looking out for yourself. You're not yeah. gonna have any of this clownery buffoonery. Which could you imagine coming home and having a refrigerator full of only carrots, hummus, and kombucha? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> I would like it. Let's get on to the next one. This one's great. It comes from an art teacher. She did uh, label it. Correct? Are you drinking a hot toddy or just um, tea? It's just tea. I have, I I am usually nasally, but I am excessively nasally today, and that is because the weather in New York is literally attacking my body, and so my allergies are on one hundred right now. Blame it on so, the allergies, but you can't take the Midwest out of the boy. Sure. Just drinking some some nice tea. This one's called Art Teacher Rant. She labeled it. I like that. Art Good. Teacher Rant. Hey, Joe. Love the podcast and the other comedic performances that you do. Ever since I saw the video of you convincing your students that you're a mermaid, I was hooked. This is my 10th year of teaching. I've taught third grade, second grade, and now kindergarten. This has been even more of a challenge, but fun. I'm actually teaching performing arts, dance, and drama to all grade levels, kindergarten through sixth grade, and two elementary schools. And she claps in between each word here, so she's hot. <laughs> she goes, I'm not a fucking babysitter, goddammit. So <laughs> Why some classroom teachers have treated me like this is beyond me. They don't even take the lessons that I prepare seriously. Also, back in September, a fourth grade teacher was told that she'd have to move classrooms and that my classroom was an option for her to move into. I was not told this. She waltzes into my room after school with another fourth grade teacher, and they just act like I'm not even there. I'm sitting at my desk, and they're walking around my room, opening closets, drawers, just checking shit out. Long story short, she ended up moving to a science lab, which is even closer to her colleagues anyway. Thank God. I was even more pissed when I found out that she only wanted my classroom because the walls are pretty. Create your own pretty walls, bitch. <laughs> they are pissed, man. These people are pissed. I love that. I love this I think too. Every, every school that I have ever been in, it's like all of the classrooms are completely normal. They look the same. And then you get to the art room and it is like an absolute cave that they have stuck the art teacher in that, you know, has shit absolutely everywhere. It is like unlike any other. You can't just pick up someone else and and put them in that space. Oh, but that's it like, happens. Yeah, that's like it putting a saltwater fish into fresh water. It's <laughs> something bad is gonna. I don't know what, but something bad is gonna happen. And she has to be close to the kiln. That was probably her argument. She could have ended up like, I got to be close to the kiln, so you can't move me. Right, right. These are, this is special equipment. This is special. Um, there is a thing that happens in teaching, though, where if a teacher leaves buildings or like mm -hmm. leaves the classroom on that last day of school after they have left, teachers go psychotic to get in that room and pick all the shit because most of the furniture stays at the school. And mm -hmm. like, you know, this one teacher is just pissed because for the past five years, none of the desks have matched. So now she's going to go do a little swippity swap. 
with the one that left, or they'll get in there and just start picking buckets and bins and just pick, 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 pick. So what happens is the new teacher who gets hired to take over that classroom is left with a bunch of shit. <laughs> uh, what a, a joyful Hunger Games type situation that we've created for our teachers. It's, you it's, said it perfectly. I love to hear that. That was just, that was literally the best that you said that. So like, I'm going to go get a tattooed. <laughs> yeah. It should just be at the end of every school year. Um, one teacher gets killed and then slowly we whittle them down um, because there's not enough resources to go around for everybody. So, and then finally we go down to one, like 600 person classroom. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that that's actually the way we're moving to right now, actually? Right. This was a Betsy DeVos kind of proposal. Excuse me. And excuse me. You're not going to come up on this podcast and use swear words like Betsy DeVos, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so let's just get that out of the way. You can believe like, her Do you name. even know who that is? <laughs> he said no. <laughs> to be fair, do I know who the hell the current education secretary is? No. Is it Artie Duncan? No. That, no. Was, that, that was, was like years ago. That was pre-Betsy DeVos. Thank God right. for editing. I can look smart. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm pretty sure I know. They actually have um, bigger shoes to fill because Jill Biden is like madam education. Too. Right. You didn't know that. It's, it's Miguel Cardona. I did sure. know that. I, I swear I knew that. I swear, just not fast enough. And let's be uh -huh. real, he's only been in for a year, so we're yeah. going to cut me a little break. And as, as far as I know, has not, um, you know, done anything as insane as the the swear word that I won't say again. Yeah, he um, has yet to slash a budget, then go fly away on his yacht. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Any last words on the art teacher? Um... No, I mean, it, congrats on your coming out, I would say. Um, <laughs> that was a joke about how all our teachers are LGBT, <laughs> members of the LGBTQ community. You know, um, and if they're not, they may have scissored me timbers once or twice in college. You never know. Sure, yeah. All our teachers have at least experimented. And you know what? We're fine with that. And all art teachers, and this is true, every art teacher that I've worked with has been an either secret or not so secret stoner. And I'm always <laughs> like, yeah, like they show up to the end of the year party. I'm like, bitch, you're blown out of your fucking skull. Right That's now. why you want a kiln with a door that you can close. It's <laughs> light up. Yeah. Oh, God. I just love those those herbal women. Um. Okay. This one I think you're going to personally connect to. We're going to, your time with BuzzFeed, we're going to call that your time in corporate America. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. The title is Reply All. Mm. It's a hot topic for many. Yeah. I already relate. I think you know where you're at on this fence. Here we go. Hi there. I'm usually a pretty easygoing person on the staff, but one thing that highly irritates me is when people feel the need to reply all with to an email that was sent to the entire staff. I don't need to open 15 emails responding to the principal changing the time of the staff meeting or 20 emails responding to the announcement of a new baby. Respond directly to the person if you feel so deeply that you need to respond. What's more irritating is that it's the same woman that hits reply first. Nobody fucking cares, Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> Nadine. They're done. These women are done. I don't even know if it's a woman. I shouldn't say that. But these these teachers are done. They're done. Yeah, there is I a time. Don't have, I don't have an opinion, personally. It just doesn't irk me. But go ahead. Tell me about the time. So, yeah. Working at BuzzFeed was the last time that I was in an office full of people. And there were occasionally these, you know, office-wide emails. And the problem with that workplace was that, um, you know, everybody was a creative. And so everybody wanted to be, like, the funniest reply. It wasn't just about replying. All I was about, like, showing off and having the funniest reply and making everybody laugh, which is... It's funny for the first, like, two things, but then, um, yeah, when your email inbox looks like 
you know, Vietnam is <laughs> gone too far. Are you a person who always has to have a clear inbox? You're kind of striking me as such. I used to be. There was a time when I was, but now um, I've sort of given up on um, everything. So I have stopped. <laughs> I've stopped. I've stopped trying to, what do you call it? Curate my inbox. My podcast editor, he also works out of the email address that we have for this podcast where the fans write into. And mm -hmm. he wants to slaughter me every time because he cannot handle unread emails so i'll to me an unread email means you haven't checked it out yet right so when yeah. i open the inbox everything's marked red because as soon as he gets an email that he sees is just a submission he's like red 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 yeah <laughs> we said well as best we can emails to me are like it's like dishes in the sink or like uh, socks on the floor. It's like if there's just one that you can wash or pick up, then it's fine. But anything more than like three is just like I'm hands up. This is out of control. And then it just completely spirals into it is a pile of a sink full of dishes, a pile of dirty socks and 500 emails that I haven't looked at. I'm to the point right now where I only delete emails when I get the warning from Google that I'm running out of space. And I, I, I'll give you the actual number. Do you guys want to place bets? What, what's, where are you going to peg this, Matt? Like number of emails? Of how or... many unread emails I have in my inbox right now. Well, if you're someone who like never opens it, then... I mean, I open it. <laughs> I open it. So unread emails? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I open it. I do. All right. Then I don't know, like 20? Oh, cute. Blake? Oh, you, like for you personally, he said he had 10,000 at one point. No, I have um, 3,060. <laughs> I don't even understand that. If it's if you open it, uh -huh. it should be it should not be like unread anymore. Right. So, um... So there there are many ways that I could logically explain this, but I actually don't have any. It's just, so here's like a couple. They're like Google voices that I know I'll never, mm -hmm. I'll never read. So I just leave them there. Or like, here's another one. It's from our realtor sending us another house to look at, but I already knew the address. So instead of just deleting it, like a, like a functional human, I just left it. Do I need to be shot? I don't know. I definitely do go in right away. If I know I will never look at the email, I'll delete it almost immediately. You're a better person than me. Because <laughs> I do get a lot of like, I don't know, especially because of my my BuzzFeed days. I'm on a lot of like media lists and that type of. So it's like press release lists where it's like this new fucking shit came out and we want you to write about it or whatever. And and those are like never ending, relentless. Doesn't matter the time of day or day of the week. These publicists are are shooting all over the place. You're okay. I don't know when you what sort of level you gotta get to, but I don't get a lot of press kits. I really like delivered where it's like, you know, you open it and it's nicely packaged and it's all tutti fruity and it's just like 90 packs of double mint. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I never get them, but everybody else gets them. Yeah. I, I don't get those as much as I'd like to. I'm all for this. And frankly, yeah, if there's people listening, send stuff to both of us. We'll take it. Yeah. And if you if you want to send me like just throwing this out there, if anyone's listening and wants to send me the green egg grill, I've had my eyes on it. <laughs> the big green egg. <laughs> just just gonna say. Um Yeah, you need to post an Amazon wish list. Oh, I could never. You know, that's very I could never, but you know that's a huge thing in the teacher community to post your wish list of what you want for your classroom supplies. Isn't that right. sad though? I forgot about that. I'm thinking of like porn stars, but also yeah, teachers do that. <laughs> um, some are some are this both. <laughs> some are both. Yeah, I actually know a couple who are both. I mean, if Sex listen, work, man. if I could pull off an OnlyFans, I would be absolutely rolling in money right now. Okay, do, not do you say think that I would you not? Couldn't. 
You could literally just like slather your body in wine. That's your OnlyFans. <laughs> okay, sure. Keep, who, it, keep it on brand. Who subscribe to that? My mother? No. <laughs> you never know. But it is it is sad though because I first of all I think it's great that teachers now have ways to do that where they can create an Amazon wish list and just like put it out there and whoever yeah. can or wants to donate can. But it's also sad to me that like that's what teachers have to resort to to get the supplies that they need. Like surgeons are not being like on the internet, like, can someone send me a couple more scalpels? I've been using the same one the past four patients. Like Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, we live in hell. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what to say. <laughs> this is Betsy DeVos's America. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Matt, it was awesome having you on the podcast. I think you're hilarious. I love everything about you, and I cannot wait Thank to you. get to New York and have wine and herbs together. Yeah. Where can the people find you, and where are you coming next? What are you, I know you're, you've been on tour a little bit. Yeah, I'm starting again. So um, if you want to see me live, uh, I have dates. The, the new dates that I have will be up on my website, mattbellisai.com. Um, but if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook at Matt Bellisai, then I'm usually posting where I'll be. But I'll be in Chicago and Indianapolis coming up soon, Boston towards the end of the year, uh, and going to be adding a bunch more for next year. So now are you, stay tuned. Are you a theaters gal or are you in the clubs right now? Uh, I've gone back and forth a little bit. So I know um, I'm going back to do some clubs in Chicago and Indianapolis. Yeah. You're doing Zanies? Um, in Chicago, I'm doing a, a city winery there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Those are really move making moves in the comedy space. Yeah. And they're fun. I've done them before, and it's very fitting. You know, everybody likes to uh, drink it's their on wine. Brand. It's on right. brand. <laughs> and were uh, you an indie? Wise Guys? Helium? No, Helium. Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm there. Wait, when are you there? I feel like I was uh, looking at their website. We might be there, like, within days of each other. If we're there within days of each other, I'll literally come early or stay later to, like, hang and see your show. I'm there... December 2nd through the 4th. When are you there? I'm in India on the 6th. It's that Sunday night. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> are you serious? Okay, so the 6th yeah. six, six is a Monday. So are you there on the 5th? I'm a, Yeah, the 5th. I'm staying. This is crazy. I'm 100% staying. Do it. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so excited now. Yeah. I'm literally going to text my assistant right now to book that. That's, oh. Yes, this is great. Yeah, I'm going to come. I'm staying in a home in Chicago, you know, for Thanksgiving, then performing in Chicago at the end of that, the day before I fly to Indy. So we can tell I'll the fans there. this. Come come on Saturday, see my show. Stay Sunday to see Matt's show. Yeah. There we go. Boom, boom, boom. MattBellasai.com, everyone. Don't forget it. Head on over there. Get tickets. Very, very funny guy. Follow him all over the things. You won't regret it. Matt, thanks for coming on the Social Studies Podcast. I really appreciate you making time for us Thank today. Thank you. This was so fun. 